You're connected with episode 214 of Jesus Smart, the podcast. Coming up, we don't know the positive things we're missing when we don't live a wartime lifestyle as a follower of Jesus Christ. Welcome, friend. I'm Brian Del Turco. I believe that Jesus Christ knows how this life works best and that he is passionate about developing his followers as intimate friends and partners in his kingdom. If you want to go further with King Jesus, this is the podcast for you. I don't know. Maybe you feel this way too. It seems that I have to fight for good things in life. It just usually does not seem to come easy for me. And I look around and I wonder if it's the same for others. Have you ever felt this way? Here's an example. When I was dating and courting my wife, Penny, I broke up with her two times as we were dating and kind of moving towards the potential of courtship and engagement. I broke up with her two times. I was struggling with confidence issues, insecurity, and just a general malaise of confusion. There was a battle about it. And here's the question, what's on the other side of strong quality decisions and moves that we make in life? Well, what's on the other side of it in this case was a beautiful marriage, beautiful daughters, beautiful family life. Yes, there's been challenges and the good fight of faith, if you will, even in family life, of course. Anytime we move towards something good and beautiful and fruitful, there's a fight over it whether it's small, medium, or big. And we need to be kind to everyone because everyone is experiencing battles in life. And I just continue to believe that Jesus Christ, King Jesus, develops us as apprentices and even warriors in his kingdom. We're born into a war, friend. And the sooner we wake up to that and we get kingdom trained and even battle hardened, the better. Eventually, the war will cease. That time is coming, but for now, we must fight. We have the armor, and the training process is there for us. The Queen Mary was a British ocean liner that carried passengers between Southampton, England, and New York City beginning in 1936. And this enormous ship was converted into a troop transport for Allied soldiers during World War II. It holds the record for the most troops in one passage, almost hard to believe, 15,740 troops on a run from the U.S. to Europe in July of 1943. Now, when you convert a passenger ship into a troop ship, That's a picture of a wartime mentality. And there were many changes like this during World War II and other wars, of course, as well. People embraced the reality of the war and they lived a wartime lifestyle. Now, Christians, it can be said, in the West seem to settle into a peacetime mentality for the most part. Most don't have a sense of urgency about the spiritual war that we're in. And as a result of this, my friend, we don't know the positive things we're missing when we don't live a wartime lifestyle. Now, this episode is inspired by John Piper, who gives us six reasons 
why Christ followers should live a wartime lifestyle. Piper says that living in this way is for the glory of God, it's for the good of humanity, and it's for our maximum joy. Let's see if this resonates with you. Here's why Christ followers should live a wartime lifestyle. It's time to soldier up, and the world needs Christ followers to embrace a wartime mentality. Here's reason number one. We are to subdue things. The Jesus view of the world is that it's created by God and it's intended to be subdued, cultivated, latent potential released. This is really a worldview issue. God said in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, we have to go back. We have to keep going back to what Jesus said from the beginning. It's not been this way. We have to go back to the seminal truths in early Genesis. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful. Notice the five words here. Fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, fill, subdue, which means to cultivate and release the latent potential of, and rule, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. So we are called to subdue things to begin with. This is even before the fall of humanity. Now here's reason number two. After the fall, like it or not, a war is on. A war between God and Satan has really been on since the rebellion of Lucifer and then the fall of mankind subsequently. It's a conflict between God's creative purpose and the destructive nature of a fallen archangel, Lucifer, aka Satan, the devil. Everyone is born into a war scene through our natural birth, like it or not. And then when we're born again, the born again experience that Jesus spoke of in John chapter 3, it actually brings us into a heightened state of war. Whether we like that or not, this war is spiritual in nature. It's primarily against God, even though it feels like it is against us. Now, it says in Ephesians 6, 11 to 12, Paul drawing on language and imagery from the prophet Isaiah, put on the full armor of God. It's actually his armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. And it begins to list this hierarchy of demonic uh, entities, rulers, powers, world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. If you'd like to just uh, pursue a theme on this on the Jesus Smart website, you can go there, jesusmart.com, and search for the article. It will cost you if you lose your fierceness. So reason number one, we are to subdue all things. Number two, like it or not, a war is on. We're born into this war with our first birth, and we're born into a heightened state of this war by virtue of our second birth being born again in Christ. Here's number three, and this is uh, a wonderful insight. Number three, creation is both a good and a danger. Both a good and a danger. What does John Piper mean? Since we have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, this God-created world that we live in, it is a created good and it is now also a danger that we must guard against. As in the parable of the soils in Luke 8, the word of the kingdom, 
which comes to us can be choked out by the cares, riches, and pleasures of this world, even good things. It's sad that even good things can destroy us if we let them. We can idolize a relationship. We can start loving money, which is the root of all evil, even as we're trying to follow Christ. See, the good things in creation can become a danger if we don't steward them properly, if we don't reign over them. Creation is both a good and a danger. Here's reason number four. Self-denial shows us that Christ is supremely valuable. You know, Jesus calls us to real self-denial as we follow him. And the mystery, the wonderful mystery in that is as we do that, we find our true selves. Authentic discipleship necessarily includes self-denial. If you're following a form of Christianity that does not talk about self-denial, it's really not the gospel of the kingdom. It's not the true teachings of Jesus. We show Christ to be supremely valuable, not our possessions or worshiping ourselves or idolizing or worshiping anything else or anyone else. We can then be trusted as we deny ourselves and find true life in him, our true identity. We can then be trusted to rule and reign with Christ in the now. Here's what Jesus said in Luke 9, 23 to 25. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is not just a one-off experience. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, Jesus says. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? We can lose our own life. We can lose the opportunity to experience the new heavens and new earth to come if we seek to save our life now and don't lose it for the sake of Christ. So self-denial. Soldiers have to deny themselves. They have to endure hardship. They have to learn how to fight with their fellow soldiers. They have to listen and be obedient to the training and to their commanders, to their leaders. Self-denial shows that Christ is supremely valuable. So again, Piper is saying that the world needs Christians to embrace a wartime lifestyle. Number one, we are to subdue all things. Number two, like it or not, this war is on. Number three, we're born into a context in which creation is now both a good and a danger. So we have to be alert and sober to that. Number four, self-denial shows us that Christ is supremely valuable. Two more. Number five, freedom to be significant. The aim is not that we go without, but that we are able to accomplish more things because of a reallocation of life resources, resources like time, treasure, talent. We live with margin. We don't become so bound to this world, so consumed, so overwhelmed with a treasure debt, a money debt, time debt, or talent debt that we have nothing to give to the kingdom. We really should be giving the first fruits of these areas to the kingdom. And as we do that, it draws the other portion of it under a heightened blessing of God. So we're lean, agile, 
We seek to be fast. We're free. We can now pursue significance. We can run with Jesus and fight with him. And here's number six, filled with maximum joy. As we lead a wartime lifestyle, we discover joy, maximum joy right now and later in the new heavens and earth to come. You see, it's more blessed for us to advance the cause of Christ than to accumulate things or to overly entertain ourselves into some kind of a uh, sleepwalking state, right? Jesus said in Matthew 13, 44, that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He's all in. He buys the whole field because of the treasure in the field. John Piper says that living a wartime lifestyle is all for the glory of God, number one. Number two, the good of humanity, the good of mankind, the good of our neighbor. Number three, and our maximum joy, because fundamentally we're built for it. We're designed for it. We are to run with our commander, the Lord of hosts. Do you know that the most frequent compound name of God in the scripture by far, it's not even close, is the Lord of hosts, which means the Lord of the angel armies or the commander of the angel armies. God is a warrior. Isaiah says this. Paul drew on that imagery and language in Ephesians 6 when he talks about the armor of God that we put on. It's not just a figure of speech. God actually has armor in Isaiah. We wear that armor. So we are called to be alert, self-controlled, and in command of our person. We're in command of our food intake. It gets really practical. Our physicality, our physical environment, you know, our schedule, the way that we steward time, the way that we order our vision and objectives and planning. We're in command of our personal world, and we're in command of our influence in the world at large. I have another article on Jesus Smart that you may be interested in. Search for always be ready, always period, be period, ready period. And I'll put these links on the show notes page as well. So what do you think? As you look within, as I look within, as we look around, is this the type of Christ following that we see? Are we living a wartime lifestyle as one who follows Christ? So what can we do? What action may Jesus be calling us to take? I have a few thoughts here. Tell the Father that you're enlisting or maybe re-upping or re-enlisting in a new and a deeper way in this great war. Ask him to train you. The very first verse in Psalm 144 says that he trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Tell Jesus that you're with him. You're going to soldier up. You're going to stand with him in this great war, and you're going to fight with him for his cause. I love these verses in Psalms 45, verses uh, 3 through 5, NIV, New International Version. We're actually urging the Lord here. It says, gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. The psalmist is saying this to the Lord. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously. 
in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. This is what it's all about. And then we are wanting to ride shotgun (laughs) with Jesus. We are wanting to ride with him. Our faith should rise up to uh, support and urge him in this quest. And then we come alongside him and he leads us and we fight with him. Here's another idea. Maybe do a theme study in the scriptures about this great war and how you can be fitted out to meet the moment. Friend, the world needs you and I to show up. You can catch the show notes page for this episode at jesusmart.com slash live a wartime lifestyle for links and additional resources to take it deeper. Can I encourage you to stay connected with the podcast and with jesusmart.com? It's all, I like to see it as all of a living, breathing resource. It's continually growing and expanding. We will be looking to create digital pathways and resources to inspire and inform us on this theme of living a wartime lifestyle, becoming inspired, becoming informed, becoming equipped to pursue this edge. I would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast listening app and even uh, tell the app to notify you when new episodes go live. We also have an e-letter to keep you updated about new things and resourcing, and you can sign up for that free e-letter at jesusmart.com. We're all together seeking to level up with our Christ following. Thank you for passing this episode along to your friends and contacts. It remains true The best syndication is always your personal connection with others. The last episode that dropped, episode 213, is about the full faith and credit of King Jesus as he guarantees that you can live out what he has written about you. He is your underwriter. Episode 212 was actually a Christmas episode, but my view is that Advent is 365 and the kingdom dynamics that we see at Christmas carry us through the whole year. Episode 212, the outlaw Christ child undermining the world. Now coming up next week, we have an episode that's called, are you ready? Flaming Hot Takes Roundtable with Jason Howard and Bruce Colbert. These are great kingdom friends. We get all improv and jazz-like in this episode and we pontificate on some edges. And I think you're going to enjoy that. Jason Howard and Bruce Colbert next week. Also coming up, we have Mark Russick. He is a voice talent in New York City and a deep student of the scriptures of the Russick Outlook. And we're going to be talking about how giants entered the human bloodline in Genesis. I'm about 90-10 on what we're going to be talking about uh, in that episode. I think you're going to like it. It really... uh, possibly may shape your prayer life, shape your understanding of spiritual warfare. And then also another episode online in uh, just after that, Dr. John Basie of Impact 360, countering the trend line of the world, outstripping us, out-discipling the church in a post-truth era. And we also have some news about fresh things at Jesus Smart. Friend, I hope I can call you friend, all right? The future belongs to Jesus. He's brilliant. Walk with him. You'll catch his brilliance in a unique way. I look forward to connecting next time.